Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm happy to welcome Cindy Kumjian, to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Cindy Kumjin is a registered principal offering securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group, LLC, IFG, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA-SIPC, Synergy Financial and IFG are unaffiliated entities. Cindy is a founder of Synergy Financial and is dedicated to empower people by expanding their financial literacy and awareness. With 36 years of experience in the industry and seven securities registration, Cindy is more than a teacher in the the industry. She is also an innovator of investment methodology. Besides her private practice, Cindy has written three books. Her newest book, The Rise of Women and Wealth, our fight for freedom, equality, and control of our financial future urges women to become financially literate and reclaim their power and their liberty to become agents of change. This is a topic I love to talk about, and I can't wait to find out more about this book. And so welcome, Cindy, to Smart Mason Conversations with me. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Nancy, for having me today. Thank you for being with me. So we've got that. We've got the hard part out of the way. This is really, you know, one of the things I always start these conversations with because they are conversations and they're very important. Uh, You know, somebody's going to look at you, Cindy, and this is what women do. We look at a woman who's who's successful, who's attractive, who has great personality, has great cr- credentials, and somehow, some way, we we begin to believe things have been easy for them. And I know personally, my own journey, and most every woman I talk to, especially want a woman who's accomplished and is beautiful as you are, has had trials and tribulations, and to become a financial advisor after 36 years of being in the practice has got some good stories about her personal issues and how you got to be you today. So how did you get to be you? Oh, gosh. I um, I grew up in the Detroit area, came out for a vacation in Southern California. I knew I wanted to be in sales, but didn't know what type of sales. I graduated with a marketing degree. I was an average student, you know, in high school and college because my mother was a driver. She, I played sports <laughs> in college. I had jobs. I went to college at the same time. And I moved to California at the age of 22, and I don't know what I was thinking, but um, here I wanted to start a financial planning practice, and one in five uh, advisors are women. 
and not being close to home, you know, especially Southern California, the yeah. proud capital of the world. What was I thinking to come to Southern California at the age of 22, and I'm going to be 60 in September, to build my practice from scratch and an environment that really empowered men and money? And how was I going to find my way with an average education? And so um, I listened to my mother and she said, Cindy, hard work and ethics will make you successful. And I figured, you know, being in Southern California, if I worked harder than everyone else and uh, went to school and accomplished um, eight, seven security licenses. And I also been a CFP for 28 years that my knowledge would make me feel confident with my own vulnerabilities as a woman you know, to be able to give advice. And if I was going to give advice about money, I wanted to work hard. And darn it, those exams were tough. Some of them I went, uh, I, I did twice. It's I spent 15 years studying the business. Yeah. And by the time I was 35 is when I decided to have my kids. And I told my husband, I'm done studying. He goes, finally. <laughs> well, your, your story is very similar to many women who come up the ladder of success. But again, you know, you're, you're going through this process. And again, you said one in five women are uh, financial advisors. Uh, what are those numbers today, by the way? They're pretty similar. A little bit, uh, maybe a little bit percentage, 22% to 25 are women. But, you know, we uh, women are just not getting into the field um, of economics and finance, and they need to. Yeah. Because in the next decade, women are going to control two-thirds of the wealth, and women want to work with women. Yeah, that's absolutely right. But again, just like all, all the 501c3 companies and et cetera, you know, all the companies, women are not staying. They're starting their own businesses because basically they're not welcomed or they're not appreciated. And so the most, unfortunately, much of the talent walks out the door. So again, you're right. Women want to be working with women who support and feel the appreciation and the ability to rise within the corporation or the company or whatever. But again, that's that's the key to to, to much of this. You know, we, we're going to talk about money because I think money is so very important. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. This book speaks to me. It's a great book. I really will encourage women to go out and buy it. Men as well, because again, we women have to have a better relationship with money. We have to understand what it really serves as a purpose. I know many people, many women with wealth who really don't talk about it, don't appreciate it, and don't understand for what it really is for. So can you speak to that just for a minute? Because I think, you know, you're going to talk about literacy, but I'm going to talk about, since I'm a psychologist, I'm going to talk about the, the behavior behind money and why it's so important for women to really start taking charge of holding on to their pocketbooks and quit giving their financial powers away. Well, again, societal controls sort of dictated where women played in the family, right? Men had the control. Women relied on men, okay, for such a long time. And that's why I, I dig through historical lenses for women to understand, you know, why that happened the way it did. Because I'm a curious person. I'm like, well, why didn't women get more involved? So I go back in history, but I think the psychology of money, it comes from shame. It comes from um, ignorance, but it's not your fault because if you think about it, you know, going through elementary school and high school and college, I never had one class on financial literacy. I had science, math, history. How much of that do I use today? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you know, I think women get insecure. They feel vulnerable. They don't know. And that's, believe it or not, the research says the biggest fear women have is not knowing. So not knowing means not getting engaged. Okay. And so um, from a psychological aspect of things, women are anxious. They feel scared because they don't know. And the problem is they have a responsibility coming in the next day, decade due to death, disability, and divorce that they need to get engaged. They yeah. need to be inspired yeah. and motivated about money. And I think the motivating factor is this generational wealth for their loved ones. Mothers want to leave a legacy. They want to leave a legacy to their loved ones. They want to feel comfortable. They want a fulfilling life. So the trade-off is that they're going to need to take a, a step, a leap of faith and get engaged and be open and say, listen, I don't know about this. Could you help me? Could you guide me? Could you give right. me information? Give me knowledge so I can make a logical decision yeah. and it, using my intuitive insights. So women can't, even though we have to deal with our past, it's embedded in our DNA. And I talk about that, this patriarchy injury women have suffered at the hands of a misguided myth about being inferior to men, which is not true. So I, I needed to get that out in the book before we started to stop talk about money. Yeah. And so women can get past some of those psychological barriers. Right. And even some of my girlfriends in college, I have to come at them hard and go, come on, let's get engaged. And it's like, oh my God. It's like, I have to wake them up to say, hey, you're responsible for your future now. Yeah. yeah. It's time, it's now. Right. Yeah. No, you're this. This story is is extremely valuable. Eleven trillion dollars and it's going to continue to rise. Plus, 85 percent of the products and services in the United States are bought and used by women. So we've, we've got the money. We have the money and we and we are the ones that are controlling what's what services and products come into the homes. And, and again, in the communities. But women still are falling back. And not taking charge, and this is this has been a concern. I am definitely in the. I, I had that same issue. Don't worry, I'm, I have plenty of money. All my advisors are women. I have no trouble for asking for what I want, but it was not really encouraged. I had to fight for everything I did, to and 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 even you know uh, after after a divorce and after settlement, some of the advisors that we had used to go public. Uh, then one became my financial advisor. I had the greatest time just giving him as much trouble as I could because of the way <laughs> he treated me during the IPO. I mean, it was amazing to watch how people, once they understand women do have the money and women do have the power, things all of a sudden change. But women have to get, I love the word, use courage. Courage. We have to have courage. We have to, knowledge is so important, but we have to have courage and we have to have self-esteem and we have to have confidence. So this book gives it to you. And I'll tell you one more thing, and then I'm going to let you talk because it's so important for you to share this book. But I just came back from the National Women's History Museum uh, grand opening in Washington, D.C. So, and I'm about ready to go on their board of directors. So I am, I am totally behind the historical piece because that women have been extremely successful about managing their affairs and doing things in history. We just don't know about it. 
So yes, correct. One of the most important things that we have to do is tell the stories. And you list these women, which again, their stories are amazing and they need to be told. You know, the, the movie Hidden Fig- Figures came out. Yeah. We wouldn't have had a space program without these these ma- ladies, yep. women, these amazing black women. The more women understand that, uh, you know, we're coming from a place of abundance, and, and uh, this, this gender equity and equality has been there. We just have to take our power back and start using it. So the book, I think, is absolutely a wonderful, wonderful book. It's, it's easy to read and understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right now because I think uh, let's go through what you believe this book is, what, why you wrote the book and what you hope it will accomplish. Okay. So first of all, I wrote the book to inspire women to get engaged financially because being in the business 36 years, this is what I've, I've watched. Yeah. The first third of my career, there were no women coming through my front door. The second third of my career, men and women were coming, but women didn't really want to know about it. Their husbands dragged them. Yeah, and then the last three to five years, women have walked into my office without their husbands. I'm like, where's your husband? Oh, he's, I'm going to do this without him. So I know that, you know, reducing your stress, having a fulfilling life and getting on track for retirement is important. But the thing that sort of contradicts all this is that women are more educated than men for the last four decades. Okay. So I don't want women coming in and saying, well, I don't know this. My, I, I'm not smart enough. They all use that word smart enough, or I use the word financial literacy and they start rolling their eyes at me. So I believed a lot of the barriers were psychological. So I wrote the book for two, two reasons. Number one, to inspire women to have a better life, financial freedom, to stand on your own two feet and collaborate with your husband yeah. or do it yourself, whatever yeah. works for you. And then the second piece is once we got through some of those psychological barriers, I call patriarchy injury. I don't like to use trauma. People don't get over trauma, but we do get over injury and and women are resilient and we come back quick and we um, get on a horse and go, you know, go riding down the street. So I know women are resilient in that aspect. So if they understand their past and what their God given gifts are, our intuitive gifts. Okay, so getting through our past, I call awareness accepting what we've been through as women, reconciliation, I call coming together, getting your dignity back, releasing the chains of the DNA that's been embedded in women and the marginalization that poor women have to have to go through for 2,500 years, that we would now be in touch with our financial destiny. Once we have gone through this process of history um, and understanding and using our God-given gifts and standing on the shoulders of women who came before us in the 1920s, the ability to vote in the first wave. And Margaret, um, who wrote the book called The Vindication of Women's Rights in the 1800s, because women weren't allowed to read or write. And she wrote her first book in the first wave, Woldencraft. Her name was Margaret Woldencraft in 18, uh, 1870s that really started the first wave of that women need to be able to read and write. In the 1920s, the ability to vote. 1960s, Betty Friedan came out with the feminine mystique about women were really weren't happy at home ironing. They really wanted to go in the workplace. And then the third wave came in the 1990s. And I wanted women to understand this, not in a scholarly format that most women won't read because it's out there in scholarly format. I wanted to write it in a simple format 
So we can use these historical mentors and contemporary mentors like Oprah Winfrey, um, our vice president, you know, Kamala Harris, to be inspired by women and men who elevated women throughout those years. So I think history is important on the understanding of history, getting through those psychological barriers. And the second theme of the book is we live in a different world today. And I try to explain to women that investing is different than what we used to do 10, 20, 30 years ago, that stocks and bonds are no longer sustainable. And you need to be able to grasp new financial concepts of multi-class strategies. And women's intuition will be able to grasp that because they will be able to use that knowledge to implement more sophisticated investment strategies to be able to leave that legacy. So part of the book then goes into the financial literacy piece and a new way of thinking, a new way of investing and a new mindset. And that was sort of the second part of the book. And then the last chapter, my favorite spiritual awareness, because it's not about women walking in front of men or behind men anymore. It's walking aside men and using your God-given gifts with men and bring getting your power and agency back in the world because money is power and power is change and with the financial literacy they will gain in 20 was it 25 percent of congress are women today once we get to 51 percent, i'm not waiting 139 years for income equality and i'm sure most women in this country don't want to wait that long no, so no, no, no so there's going to be a process so i'm sorry a, a long question no no no, no 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 you're you know what i really love about what you're doing i don't know if you realize it but the more you talk the more it's your chairs uh, like your chairs on fire you're <laughs> you're highly I'm motivated about this can't you, you tell i know dancing? you are and that's why i'm so excited about the book too but you know money is a vehicle and i think again what when women do understand wealth and it is really understanding wealth is that what it can do you know i have two foundations you know i am able oh, to make a difference in the world now I don't want to wait, you know, in fact, was it, uh, you know, the, it's, there was an article written, the number of people that actually have billions of dollars that give nothing. They, oh, they, come from a place, they come from a place of scarcity and they have no intention whatsoever of ever letting go a dollar. But for, for many women, when we, we, when we begin to understand the, the value of our dollar, how it can help our families, how it can help our communities, and then finally help the global world, the, the, the possibilities are endless. And then you put five women in a room with also the same level of resources, there's nothing we can't do. So, you know, your book is right on target, but we, we, we women have to be, have a better relationship with ourselves and power and money. Uh, I was speaking to a group of uh, women attorneys there were about 50 men in the room. I think there were like four or five men in the back of the room. And this was about my book on equality and gender equity. And, you know, and the one question I had, I asked them, I said, how many women in this room feel powerful? And not one of those women attorneys, litigators raised their hands. Now, Unbelievable. This, this, this is something, again, is that we have to get used to the term power. But it's not the power over, it's the power to And when women begin to understand that money is a vehicle and it's a relationship and they have the power to, I mean, watch out. I mean, this is where we've needed to be. We need to go back to where we were centuries ago, which is basically women in the churches and in, in business 
we were running things. You know, Cleopatra, what, she spoke 11 languages. You know, I mean, the, the woman was totally educated and had the power to. We all need to become an, another Cleopatra, so to speak. But uh, no, this is, this, there's value here. All right, talk a little bit more about the fourth wave. The fourth, I really like the fourth wave. It sounds so like- So the fourth wave came out in 2012 and, and someone came out and declared it um, female or women empowerment. Yeah. So I, I had a degree, what, what empowerment was that? So where the pieces came together is this, as a financial planner, as a female in this industry, I wanted to dig deeper about where women stood in, in the money business and how much money they have today. Believe right. it or not, they have 51% of the wealth today. Wow. And in 10 years, they'll have two thirds of the wealth. We've waited 5,000 years for this, okay? And let me tell you why, how I related this. Because 5,000 years ago, patriarchy emerged. Yeah. And we were- It was through the church that that we we lost our power. Absolutely. Well, this is, I I write real quick. It's first started with agriculture where women stayed home, men used food um, as control. And then, of course, the Greeks, you know, I talk about Aristotle who- in my opinion, must have had a bad relationship with his mother because he said women <laughs> women were inferior, men were superior. So everything was, and he passed that on to the church. Yes, and I write a little bit about that. Right. And then so the church came and said women were the fall of men and because of Adam and Eve. And yeah. the Pope came out a couple of years ago and apologized to women and said that was not true. So the yes. bottom line is women have been, you know, marginalized for years and they just need to know that this revelation that we were taking away the ability to read and we were taking away the money because men would give the land to their sons. We know that, right? That right. was in the agriculture. Okay. And then when the alphabet came around, they wrote the rules to favor themselves and not women. So think about that for a second. 2,500 to 5,000 years ago, men rewrote the laws and they had the money and the power. But now we have the money and the power in the, in the next 10 years. And we're more educated in every from PhDs to masters to bachelors for the last 40 years. So think about it. You put together the education, you put together the money. It has to be the financial revolution. And the reason I say that, just in the last six months, women are walking through my front door. Where are the men? I do (laughs) seminars twice a month. (laughs) Guess who gets my free gift cards? Because I like to make learning fun. So I like to ask questions. Women are asking the questions. So. If women are going to have the money, the power to change, it will change income equality. It will give them the ability to stand on their own two feet. And there doesn't need to be any more waves of feminism because we have equality. And matriarchy is coming full circle. We ran the world for the first 40,000 years through the hunters and getters. And I throw all the research in there where women shared the power with men. It was beautiful. It was peaceful. We did the same chores, the same responsibilities. I think we're going full circle and that full circle comes from the money. And so it has to be the financial revolution. And that's just my hypothesis, but it's all lining up like stars. Okay. So if women get financially literate, the financial revolution's here with the money, they have the intellect, Okay, I might be dead before that comes to fruition. You know, we're both working on the same thing. But let me tell you something that really is important. And this is what I'm working on. 
I'm working on all the things that you're talking about, but I'm working on something extremely important is women supporting other women. Sisterhood. White, I have a whole chapter on white, that. Yes, but white women do not generally support one another. I yeah. saw so many young women in companies when I do leadership training, they ask me about what do I do with the older woman who just just is trying to destroy my career. And that's why Women Connect for Good was founded, by the way. Women oh, I love that. Women supporting the efforts of other women, their mission, their dreams, their aspirations. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. Awesome. It really is based on such a simple. And, and it I, is. And I'm here to support you. That's why we're doing this today is women. Thank you. Supporting other women. It's real simple, but it's just not as easy as it sounds. And I've been doing this for a long, long time. One of the first things that I will go into a seminar, a, one of my seminars, is I'll look, I'll look around the room and then I'll ask a very, very simple question. I said, do you support other women? You'd be surprised the number of women that will look down. Wow. That look down. Just like the women, the women attorneys who don't raise their hand when they think of the word powerful. Power, yeah. We, we, so we've got something else here, Cindy, that we're still working at. We have to change. Again, it's cultural, but it's also awareness is key. Sisterhood is everything. I know, I know for a fact that when women actually do get together and do support each other and work on a project or whatever, because I've done it over and over again, there is huge, there is huge, we have fun, we enjoy it, and all the taboo about other women trying to take you out. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was coming up, going up through the educational process, I heard people say, well, who does she think she is? The yeah. more accomplished I became, the more I became a target. And right now, as a woman, Absolutely. With wealth, and woman and with a woman with wealth, which I have, I am a target to some people. But the, the people that I surround myself are like-minded women and men who understand that I'm here to change the world for good. And I think that's where you are as well. So whatever we can do to collaborate and partner with each other, that's what this is about for me. So uh, I have, I'm in Southern California. I have a 23 acre equestrian center and uh, I didn't start riding till later in life, but now I ride, I drive and I breed Arabians. And that wow. the other thing that women have to get past is fear. Mm -hmm. Fear is fear destroys women's ability to do anything. So this book is wonderful. I would encourage all women to get it. Please send me a hard copy. I will. I will do whatever I can to support your efforts. You, at the end of the book, you talk about lifting up men and women working together. So give us a few things like that. I want to tease the, tease the heck out of people to read this book. So, so. <laughs> no, you, you hit on all the, you hit on all the burners because I have a whole chapter on sisterhood. Uh, yeah. Even though I didn't really have a mentor in my industry because there wasn't enough uh, women to mentor, I think women need to mentor each other um, and, and not be critical of each other, but empower and elevate women. And that's a big problem. But when women come together and they have a, a common goal, we're extremely powerful. And you also hit on something facts. No. See, I, I talk to my clients, facts, not fear. Let facts be the driving force, not fear behind your investment decisions. Yeah. Well, but they're afraid of making a mistake. Also, the biggest thing that women have trouble with is asking for help. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I, I've, I've said this in seminars and then afterwards people go yeah, and ask for what you want. They go back back and say, I want my I want to raise in my salary. They say, thanks a lot, Nancy. And I go, well, you know, you got to ask. <laughs> what you want. 
<laughs> you got to do what you got to do in this world. They're, they're you hit on all the burners about giving. Yeah. You know, I think that is incredible. As a young woman being very successful in my 30s, I was finding ways to get rid of my money. And I start deciding to give it to my church yeah. and things change. You know, elevating humanity is part of doing something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And, but that's when women can get behind it. And they, there is no fear when they begin to understand they can help their families and they can help their communities and, they, and, the, and the greater good. I mean, it's the best thing ever. I mean, and again, we, you know, we're not competing for you know, who's, who's the best. We're, compete, we're, we're trying to find ways to really solve problems. And that's what women have always been. We're problem solvers. Yes. And when we have the resources and we have the power too, anything is possible. So those thousands and thousands of years ago, we need to get, we need to get back to where we started. So absolutely. Dr. Nancy, you got it together, girl. All right. So last but not least, what are a couple of things that you're want to point out as far as where we're heading this revolution, you know, this evolution revolution, but again, the equality and the equity that is so important. What are some of the things that you believe are going to really help right now? Well, I think um, the economic and political landscape, and I, my next book is coming out next year called The Silent Retirement Crisis, How to Build a Sustainable Retirement in the Broken System. So I'm going to talk to people about the, what's happened in the last 50 years and how we got here and where we need to go from here. Yeah. It's critical. And that's the financial knowledge that all investors need to know. I mean, people are too busy blaming politicians. It really wasn't politicians who ruined our country. Could I, could I encourage you to use a different word? Um, retirement to me is ending. If you talk about refire, re-image, you know, I think retirement, there's too many people that think about the end. There's too much knowledge and experience and power too that we lose in retirement. So if we re-image, we re-refire. Well, I think like you said, retirement's redefined. Most of my clients never retire, but sustaining themselves and having enough wealth accumulated. All right, next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when people say, I can't wait to retire, I just I, I cringe and get away from them. Well, I think it's not necessarily wanting to stop. It's wanting to sustain themselves over okay. the next 20 to 40 okay. years. Okay. That's what we're looking at. Do I have enough wealth accumulated? Am I going to be able to sustain sure. myself? And can I leave a legacy for my loved ones? Sure. So in this political and economic landscape, things are changing. And the wealthiest Americans and some of the largest foundations and endowments have been investing in a whole different way. And the realm models I bring up in the first book and I bring up in the second book is really a way of investing that's quite different than using just stocks and bonds. And I think the sooner investors understand the concepts of, of new strategies, because yeah. it's hard to change. People get used to doing things over and over. But what, what, what we've been using the last 20 years hasn't been effective and working. So I want to get out this new dynamic diversification strategy using outside of stocks and bonds. And it's dynamic. Our clients are benefiting from it, especially during these recent months that we've seen the markets fall over 20%, along with bonds drop right in tandem with the stock market. So people have no hedge no protection out there. And this book is aimed to give people strategies to build sustainable retirements. Because in my opinion, as I wrote in the Forbes article, stocks and bonds may no longer be a sustainable strategy for your future. Yeah. Well, and more and more women especially are investing in com uh, companies with stocks that are changing the world for good and, and looking at companies that are truly making a difference in the world. It's oh, Absolutely. 
far as everything. So I think, yeah, I believe the intuition part about investing, but also that women, we're, we're out to solve problems. That's what we want to do. So, okay, how do we get the book? Where do we Okay, you can go to my website. Cindy, my last name, no one can pronunciate, so I named the name of my company. You can see I have a lot of energy, so I called it Synergy. It's spelled C-I-N-E-R-G-Y, synergyfinancial.com. Um, you can go to Amazon. It's listed right now. It, it, the published date is August 30th. You can buy it right now and download it, or you can just go to my website. There's tons of resources. I, I had a radio show for a year in LA. There's podcasts. You have two of my books you can order, and the third book will come out next year. Okay. Well, uh, Women Connect for Good, we do, again, what we do is we collaborate and we support other women's efforts. So whatever we can do to support this articles, if you want to send something to us, we can we can uh, promote in the book. We can promote. We that's what we do. And the more that we're building a community of like-minded men and women who really understand what we need to do, which is get our power to to change the world for good. So, Cindy, I congratulate you. I this send me that hard copy. I would love to have it. I want to share this book with other people. I'm, I'm going to continue to refire for my next chapter. And uh, I, I want women to do the same because we really need to come together. We need to come together. It, we, the world needs everybody to be together right now. With the pandemic and everything that has happened, we need everyone to really support and, and come together. So thank you for the book. Thank you for the historical piece. The National Women's History Museum also thanks you for, again, telling the stories, which we have to continue to tell the women that were standing on their shoulders. So thank you for that. Continued success in all things and best wishes. Thank you so much, Dr. Nancy. I really appreciate having me on. Okay, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. If you enjoy these smart, amazing conversations, please subscribe, rate, and review them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, and Leading Women, 20 influential women share their secrets to leadership, business, and life. Thank you for listening.